Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. That's our hope. It is that resurrection victory that gives hope to Christians today and always. Our text today actually is a summary of the the three lessons that Pastor Bender read for us. And so our text is going to go this way. We are able to find hope in the Lord because ours is a living hope in a living Lord who came to redeem Israel and all people. We are able to find hope in the Lord because ours is a living hope in a living Lord who came to redeem Israel and all people. This is our text. Two farmers are talking. Farmer Frank says to farmer Fred, looks like the crops are going to be good and the price is strong this year. To which farmer Fred replies, I hope so. Two Tigers fans are talking. Tigers fan Phyllis says to Tigers fan Francis, try to say that three times fast, We're going all the way this year. To which Francis replies, I hope so. The pastor steps into the pulpit and begins his message by saying, this is going to be a short sermon. (laughs) To which everyone in the congregation replies, I hope so. Hope is a wonderful thing, isn't it? But you know, we really need to know what it is we're hoping for and what the source of our hope is. We need to know that we can find hope in the Lord because ours is a living faith in a living Lord who came to redeem Israel and all people. So we're going to start by making sure we know what hope, according to the Bible, is. First, hope is something that always looks forward while sometimes also looking backward. Perhaps a synonym could be optimism, but it's a certain type of optimism depending on what has happened in the past, and that's why there's a blank in front of the word in your sermon outline as well as on the screens. If you think about the uh, illustrations I started the the sermon with, the Tigers are off to a pretty decent start, so uh, maybe this could be the year. And we've had some, some really good years farming. This could be another one. That's reason for hope. On the other hand, sometimes hope is is just wishful thinking with nothing to back it up, like hoping for a short sermon. We would call that Foolish optimism. Girls and boys, have you ever hoped for something that didn't happen and and really couldn't happen? Like maybe hoping for an extra Christmas this year. Or hoping that that test in school would, would be an easy one or maybe even canceled altogether because you didn't study for it. Now that's wishful thinking foolish optimism. 
in the Bible. Hope is not foolish optimism, nothing of the sort. If you want to put a word in front of optimism, it would be realistic optimism. Or better yet, and this is what's in your sermon outline, focused anticipation. But not just some vague feeling that things are going to get better sometime, somehow. Or if not, that at least there's some kind of better place waiting for us on the other side. No, according to the Bible, hope is faith-filled trusting. It's the knowledge that because of what God has done for us in the past, we have hope for the future. Listen again to the words of the psalmist. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. He's reminding the people of Israel of of what they already know, that, that they've seen God's love and his deliverance time and time again. And so they have every reason to hope, to anticipate that they will see it again. So in the Bible, hope is not foolish optimism or wishful thinking. It is focused anticipation and faith-filled trusting. Also in the Bible, we're told that hope does certain things. We have three of those listed in your sermon outline where we say that that hope sees clearly, shines brightly, and shares willingly. Our gospel reading is an example of a time where hope didn't actually see very clearly at all. As on Easter, as as, uh, Two of, two of Jesus' disciples, not the, the 11 closest now, but two of Jesus' disciples are, are leaving Jerusalem in despair. And Jesus joins them and asks them what they're talking about. And, and they say to Jesus, about Jesus, we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. But their hope was gone. It had been replaced with despair because they weren't seeing clearly. They were walking with Jesus and they didn't even know it. Luke tells us just before this that their eyes had been kept from recognizing him. As they walked and and talked with Jesus, the Emmaus disciples didn't understand that they had placed their hope not in the wrong person, but in the wrong action. They had been absolutely correct that Jesus was a prophet and and so much more than a prophet. But where they went wrong was in what they thought Jesus had come to do. They thought redemption meant kicking out the Romans who were occupying their land and, and placing Israel on top of the world once again. After listening to Jesus explain the scriptures... Luke tells us that the Emmaus disciples had their eyes opened so that they could clearly see who Jesus really was and what he was really about. They saw that their hopes had been realized after all, just not the way they had expected. They needed Jesus to refocus those expectations. Well, that's what true hope is, focused anticipation. 
focused on Christ. Our hope is in him. Our hope is in the Lord. And then let's add a little bit to that. Our hope is in the Lord because our hope is from the Lord. Now actually that's my whole sermon in one sentence. (laughs) I guess it could have been a short sermon after all. Too late now. We still have, uh, still have two more points to cover. The second one is that hope shines brightly. And that's especially true, isn't it, during, when it's displayed during difficult times? That's when it's most noticeable. I mean, who's going to notice a, a hopeful attitude in someone who's just breezing along through life? Now, hope shines most brightly when it stands in contrast to the darkness of fear and pain and and uncertainty and sorrow. All three of our scripture lessons today were written either during or about times of hardship. Psalm 130 begins with these words, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Now we just heard about the, the deep Uh, depths of despair that the Emmaus disciples were in. And 1 Peter, from which our epistle lesson uh, comes, was written to Christians who were suffering greatly. Into each one of these situations, the bright gift of hope shone. A living hope in a loving God. So Peter could say, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's a living hope in a loving God. An obvious hope. One that people will notice and want for themselves. That's why a couple chapters later, St. Peter can say, Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone for the hope that is in you. Remember, Peter was writing to Christians who were suffering greatly. He was writing to remind them that that their hope was in the Lord because their help was from the Lord. He knew others would see that hope and ask about it. Now, as I said, those uh, Christians were suffering terribly, but that's not the full story. The reason they were suffering was that they were being viciously persecuted for their faith, simply because they were Christian. We're starting to become familiar with how that feels in our own country Christians are oftentimes held up for ridicule. Christian values, even common sense, are being steamrolled by agenda-driven activists and their willing accomplices in the media and the entertainment industry. But it's far worse in other parts of the world. From the Middle East come terrible images and descriptions of Christians being persecuted and martyred for their faith. Now millions of people have seen those images. 
But they've also seen something else. They've seen the courage of those about to be martyred. Courage that was made possible only by hope. And not just the hope that, well, maybe things are going to get better. But the real and certain hope of eternity with Jesus. That's, that's not wishful thinking. That is faith-filled trusting. Those martyrs knew, as, as all Christian martyrs throughout history have known, as all Christians today still know, that our hope is in the Lord. Because our help is from the Lord. That kind of hope shines brightly for all to see. And that kind of hope needs to be shared. And we whose hearts are filled with that hope have all kinds of opportunities to do just that. It's what the Emmaus disciples did on that first Easter. They hurried back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples there what they had seen. Now, in some ways, it would have made more sense for them to wait until the next day to do that. They, they had already walked from Jerusalem, and remember, that was seven miles. So, of course, that means it would be another seven miles to get back there. Not only that, Luke tells us it was evening. They could have waited till morning, but they couldn't wait till morning. They couldn't wait to share the news to share their hope with their friends who were in the midst of, of great fear and deep despair. Hope is what gave them the strength, the willingness, the endurance to do that. And that's the hope St. Peter writes about. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Kept in heaven where it's waiting for you. And not just for you, but for us. And not just for us, but for all believers. That's the hope we share gladly, willingly, joyfully, with everyone who will let us. Our hope is in the Lord because our help is from the Lord. Can we remember that? <laughs> I hope so. Amen. And the peace and the joy and the hope of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.